0: And the other thing that I do believe it's also really important, it's being grateful, question and and being grateful and question everything and treat people with respect and share love. Love fix everything. Love fixes everything. And I just found out that one of the most important assets that you can have is your network. And when you are a loving person, you get a a lot of love back. And your network starts to build and to build and to build, and you can see how you can actually share that.
1: Welcome to The Irresistible Factor, a podcast where I talk to founders and investors and retailers about what it takes to launch successful brands from developing a compelling proposition and brand identity, to raising capital, to getting distribution and more. My name is Christy Bridges, and I'm a marketing expert with tons of experience and a true love for all things health and wellness. Welcome to today's episode of The Irresistible Factor. Today, I have a really special guest from Mexico. So I want to welcome Alan Cohen, who is the founder and CEO of Coco Mio, which is brand of coconut water. And so welcome to the podcast, Alan. I'm really, really happy to have you on.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Christy. Excited as well. Happy to be yeah. here.
1: Great. Well, why don't we start by you talking about the brand, and then maybe we'll talk a little bit about your background and what led you to become a founder of a brand like this in the first place.
0: Of course. So Cocomio, what we do, we do coconut beverages. First, we developed a formulation of a coconut beverage, which is, we call it a whole coconut juice, which what it means is we actually extract the white meat of the coconut we press it and we mix it with all the juice that comes out from that meat and great mcts and plant protein we mix it with the coconut water as well which brings us a lot of electrolytes so it's basically a juice it's not a smoothie it's not thick, so you can enjoy it as, as as a juice with all these benefits the brand basically is formed on a circular economy model all my life I've had these values of sustainability. And I really by going deep and trying to solve any every part of us of the whole supply chain, yeah. you can start, you know, like just disrupting certain things that you find that are wrong, and then you can uh, fix it to be sustainable. So that's Coco mio in a nutshell. Would happy to 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 tell you a little bit more. Well, yeah,
1: I'm going to ask you some specific questions because I want to be really clear on what the differences is differences are between your product and other brands. Of you said it's not a smoothie. You basically said it's not a water either, right? It's different. So, can you talk a little bit more about what made you make those choices and what's different for the end consumer?
0: Yeah, of course. So, I'll tell you a little bit about the story and how this came yeah. through and, and and that will explain itself, hopefully. So basically, we developed here in Mexico a manufacturing plant. We have SQF certified manufacturing plant with great practices with USDA organic and non-GMO. And we specialize in doing beverages, natural, healthy beverages. As we develop our one of our brands in Mexico City, we developed this brand of cold press juices because we wanted to bring something healthy to the Mexican market. And on those eight skew lines that we have, we have our coconut beverage, which for my for me it was my most important one because as I travel constantly to Acapulco, I'm in the city, but I go to Acapulco, which is terrible by the way. What happened right now? But there was such an experience there where you can get the coconut straight up from the palm tree and you can drink the water and you can scrape the whole white meat and enjoying in the beach and that experience is for me, it was unique as I grew grew up, right. But it was really hard to replicate that experience once I get home. I mean, have you tried cracking and open a coconut? It's really hard. Okay, it's it's just and you once you already crack it open, you don't enjoy it because you're already stressed out that you <laughs> try to open the coconut, right? So it was really hard to replicate. And as I continue to go to Acapulco. I love going and see these cliff divers. That's why our logo has the cliff diver of Acapulco. And I was just amazed about their braveness. They encouraged me to basically go ahead and develop a coconut beverage as, as I enjoyed them. Right. So one skew of this full line was that. And it went really, really well in Mexico. It was the best uh, SKU sold. So from there, I traveled a lot to the U.S. and I saw... I tried a lot of coconut waters in the US and I was amazed that like 90% of the coconut beverages come from Asian coconuts. And actually that the palate of the American is really accustomed to that type of coconut, which some people don't like, some people do. It's the same type. And Mexican coconuts taste completely different. And I tried them, all these Asian, I said, this is not coconut water. I tasted another thing. So Start to find out and, of course, going deep into research and see different type, the different types of coconuts and different breeds. And, of course, being in Mexico with other weather and with other characteristics makes this type of coconut different. What's the most important different part between one and the other one? It's basically the sugar level. And Asian coconuts are naturally sweet. It, they're very, very sweet. They have like on a 11.8 ounce bottle, you can have around twenty one grams of natural sugar which for me doesn't make sense if it's electrolytes and you want to go to the gym and then you have you want to hydrate then you're adding even if it's natural sugars right but you're adding like this bomb of sugar, right and Mexican coconuts have a third right so these were the benefits so I basically said okay there's a space here right there's a space here in, in the market and as we went deeper we started to see, like, hey, as I told you, as we started going to the supply chain and my sustainability values, right? So I started to see things how things work from contacting the growers, the harvesters, you know, the farms, see where we can get our coconuts from. We had a lot of issues and challenges there because basically how things work in the farms in Mexico, it's sad, but it's like this. They basically When you purchase coconuts, you purchase them on top of the palm tree there's a broker which hires people on town pays them by day they go and into on top of the palm tree which is a very risky job and the coconuts and then this broker sells the coconuts and gets all this money right so of course from a morality for me it was a wrong thing to do and from another sense from a business standpoint it was not sustainable because our yields varied the broker didn't care about which type of coconuts they, he was selling to us so what we did there was just we hired a team of harvesters we put them on a wage we would benefit with insurance as it was needed and we just contact the remedy. we train them we tell them how to weigh our coconuts how to see the sweetness the volumes the yields etc and you UMA, our profits are better because we get better yields. They are better because they have better opportunities and they have benefits and they have things that they haven't had in a long time, right? So that really made sense to me. And as I grew, it was for me a very like breaking point from how I think, see things. Basically, I see things as uh, an opportunity, everything. I open up into different ideas you know it's like just if you don't open up and if you don't kind of find what's out there then you, you're going to close down if you think it's your way the only way yes you'll fail so yeah that's a little bit about what's the difference between the coconuts and addition and a little bit about what we're trying to do right
1: i have a question for you so the sustainability aspect of what you're doing seems like it's harder, right, than what you could have been doing and probably more expensive than what you could have been doing. Is that correct?
0: Mm, it depends the way you see it. So, for example, I love the challenge and I love the disruption and I, I, I love to solve things. I'm a problem solver. That's the way I am, right? So, basically, for me, I don't believe in problems. I believe in solutions. I do believe that for every problem, there's millions of solutions so in this world there's more solutions than problems it's just a matter of focus the greatest mistake i believe of the human person is that we only focus on the problems and not on the solutions right so by by doing this is of course it's a challenge but once you solve that issue it solves everything it's beautiful you know it's like and that's what makes sustainability important because there's a bad concept around sustainability people think that being sustainable is more expensive and that's a mistake because actually it's not us because we have this misconception of all these like ideas of organic right and it's more expensive and it's like but sustainability is not about that sustainability on the contrary to be sustainable you have to be more profitable right so it's it's not as expensive it's just it's better. So, for example, for in this, in this area on the yields, for us, it was more expensive not to go into and get the challenge and grab the challenge in how we can solve this issue. And that helped us a lot. It lowered our cost pretty well. Even if we get better yields, our growers and harvesters get a bonus, you know, and it's like yeah. a win-win. Yeah. Win.
1: Interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. And I think that is a misperception for sure. So I'm glad that we talked about that. I'm curious to you know, so so you had success in Mexico with this product and now you're in the U.S. to some degree. Can you talk about how it's been to sort of break into this market and where you're at from a development perspective on that front?
0: Of course. So, and I'll let you know another story in the middle of this one, of course, that relates to what we just talked about. But basically I said this, there's, there's a space there. So what I did is I... Got a stand on Expo West 2018, I think, or 2017, I believe. And I just put a small stand there with horrible packaging. The name, the brand was there. The name was always coco Camillo. But it was horrible packaging. I have no way. Also, important thing to know, I'm an architect from Mexico. So I'm new to the U.S. market, but I'm also new to the, the natural. The natural
1: market, industry, yeah. You no, know, yes. the
0: food market. So so I just go there and I just want, wanted people to taste the product, to see, to sort of like a focus group in a way, in a massive way, you know, in Expo West. And they tried it and everybody loved it. And we I, we had people come in like, I don't like coconut water. and I said, well, try this one. And they tried it and they loved it. You know, they, they said like, this is not what I'm, I'm accustomed. Of course not, because you have the Asian palate, you know, the Asian coconut that you believe that's coconut water. So I got excited everything went well you know i said of course let's continue to build on this and and see where it gets how how we can enter the u.s market and then i went to bevnet light in santa monica on december and i sent some samples on a sample bar they put some refrigerators with different brands there so people can grab and taste them and i saw my bottle and i saw horrible packaging and i said no this is horrible I have no idea. There's people with these badges that says, like, Dr. Pepper and Snapple. And how do you approach them? And what am I doing here? You know, it's like I couldn't talk to anyone. So I felt really small after this excitement of Expo West. I, um, then I, I felt really, really small, right? But then I had the fortune to contact a person that I met in Expo West. And going into a program called TIG, TIG Brands, with Elliot Bigun and Waving Dean and basically i just tried to learn from them there were an there's there are an accelerator program
1: uh-huh.
0: and they also build a community of brands where we help each other as well with a lot of workshops and trying to understand how the market yep. is there and you know how it works and everything so i got into all of that i redesigned the bottle i redesigned the packaging i redesigned the formulations with the flavors making more tropical adding all all of these and then we were launching, finally, right? 2019, Expo West, canceled, COVID. Yeah. So yeah, that threw out all of our plans as a lot of brands yes. happened. You know? So yeah. I just went and put all my things on warehouse, closed it and said like, how, what I'm going to do right now, right? So, but as I told you, I always see everything as an opportunity or a problem. So when you, when you, your focus is that way, everything starts making more, more sense because you're looking into our solutions, right? So we said, well, what is the only channel right now that we can sell Cocomio through? And here is the story I was going to tell you about, about sustainability, okay? And how it helps the profits. And, and so ecom, okay eco okay what he comes to look, looks like right and a product is perishable needs to mm-hmm. be refrigerated so i'm seeing the boxes the insulation systems the jail packs the two-day shipping and you add and you add and you add and when you want to save money well you have to use styrofoam i don't want to use styrofoam it doesn't go with my values right? Yes. right so sustainable eco-friendly insulation material so expensive so i start adding up and i said i will never sell a six pack with a new brand okay that nobody knows about it for $60 or $70 right. i don't remember what the amount was because of the two day shipping and the, you know and all these added and added costs so there's no way i need to lower those costs if i'm going to make it happen right so I was at the close down when it was the first, like the first three months of the pandemic, and I was in Cuernavaca, and I literally saw over the, the window, and I saw a coconut on top of a palm tree. And as I'm staring at it, I turned to my wife and tell her, I'm stupid. This the, the solution is right there. And she said, like, what are you talking about? You know? And I said, like, okay. I asked her, There's a coconut there how much time do you think the coconut has been there on the palm tree? And she says, like, I don't know, four or five months, you're crazy. I mean, and I told her, there is a coconut, bearing sun, heat, rain, a lot of stuff going on outside. But you tear down the coconut, you open it up, and the water is still fresh. So what that means is that the husk of the coconut, it's a natural insulation material. Mm So I went into with my R&D team and I said, I need to develop an insulation material using all of our host waste. We developed it. So we developed the, the full host waste and our e com package. What happened? It, this is what it's amazing. And I'm talking about sustainability. Okay. So what, and it's about looking at opportunities. So what happened is, of course, great story. You can sell this amazingly well as a business standpoint, of course. The other things, it's the insulation It's compostable. It's reusable. It's actually gardening tools for you. Since our coconuts are organic, the fiber is organic. Okay. And it covers 60 hours of transit, you know, and keeps the product refrigerated as it is. And the cost for us, it's on the positive side. Why? Mm-hmm. Because first it's all our waste. And second... We paid a truck to take out the waste, right? So now we're saving that money that instead of the the garbage man taking all these costs, we're reusing them in a purpose to cover our need and solve our situation, right? So our costs went down drastically, right? So
1: So incredible.
0: Sustainable. That's an example of sustainability, right? So, of course, from there, now I started developing a business model so we can offer this insulation material to other brands as needed and you know if there's another opportunity of another business right and when yeah. you focus yourself like that things just start you know opening up but from there we tried a bit of ecom, and then start things started to open up a little bit and we started just going into some independence testing the market we got a dsd distributor in la we found out different type of information, which stores are good for us, which don't, what type of yeah. We learned a lot from shelf life. We had 60 days of shelf life. We had to solve to extend the shelf life because if not, we're not going to grow because it's so much time that it takes on yeah. the logistics side that you have a limited amount of time at the retail store, right? And being a new brand and driving travel is expensive. So... By learning all this, we went back. We extended shelf life. We better our flavors offering, and then we were ready. And we launched just launched on summer on with sprouts national with two of our flavors. We closed a deal with Costco, so we'll be doing some road shows in Costco LA region uh, starting Q1 next year. And we're just trying starting to grow. We're also hitting some food service accounts as well.
1: Yeah, that's and, a great idea.
0: And we're developing our business model, such as uh, also being sustainable. I also criticize a lot the typical startup model. The typical startup model has a 10% success rate. Okay. If you are know. in a sense of mind and you're investing your time and money, you wouldn't do do that if you have a success rate of 10%, right? right. Even if it's a unicorn. I mean, even it's if it's like that it doesn't it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense, so I'm developing a business model that can be sustainable and that can make profits and that doesn't lose money at first, you know, and it can grow steadily and make profit. so that's what we're trying to do right now as 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 we grow. we also introduce another offering. we develop our coconut waters because yes, one of our challenges and opportunity was. I this is beautiful. It's another example, okay? When we put our product on the shelves, people didn't understand our product. And they say like, what is... And they confused us as a coconut water because yes. as you see the bottle, you see it's a coconut water, but our product is $4.99 in retail, of course, because it has the meat, it has the juice, yeah. right? But people say like, it's another coconut water. I'll purchase one that is cheaper.
1: Yes. And
0: a premium coconut water at $3 or $3.50 i save money right so that was a, a challenge and an opportunity for us but what happened is that we created our coconut water line so we can drive our differentiation r- ourselves and mm-hmm. now we're hitting even the co- the we are we're looking into hitting the market right now but with a lower price point that uh, premium yeah. coconut water competition, right? And with lower sugar and with all the characteristics that we have, right? And that will drive trial also for our juice line yes. as well. So yes. maybe you see it's a problem, but actually it's not. It's, it's better not because sure. now I have another offering. You know, I have waters, I have juices, right? So that's basically how I see the the yeah. business model. That's what Cocomino is. Every decision that we make, we just have to make sure we... We are taking care of the people, the environment, and the profits of the company. Yeah. If one of those doesn't exist, then it's not, it's not a solution for us.
1: Interesting. It's so, I mean, your attitude is the perfect attitude for an entrepreneur because literally you could go the complete opposite way and just be bogged down and killed by the the stress of, oh my God, I only have problems right? How am I going to solve another problem? That's a way that a lot of people feel because there are a lot of challenges, as you know, that come up. And so I think having the attitude of there are millions of solutions to every problem instead of, I wonder if I'll find a solution. It's such a different question. to It's a better question. There are a million solutions is better than how am I going to find a solution? Because that feels hard. So that's interesting. I have two questions I want to talk about. One is about how you're raising capital or how you're doing all the things you're doing. And the other is about how you made the decision to do this when you're an architect by background. Like, What led you to say, I'm going to jump into CPG and build some brands at one of the most challenging times in the history of brand building?
0: Yeah, well, first, regarding your first question, it relates to the second question. So okay. I am an architect. We Our core business here, my dad and I, uh, we run a real estate company in Mexico City. We develop commercial, residential, and offices properties, all private investment, and all for uh, tenants and lease. So that's our business model here, which by that, it funds... In a way, what we're trying to do in Coco Meal, so it's a personal project, a personal yep. uh, family project, and we want to prove that the sustainability model works. So we can prove that people can copy us in different industries, and that's I believe that's gonna solve a lot of issues that we're currently seeing right now in CPG world and 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 things like that, right? Like this startup, and it's like it's just going back to that. It's a little bit. It's like it's just. All that energy, money, investment, expense, everything, 90% of that goes to waste. Yeah, yeah. So these models need to evolve. And I think if we can prove that, then I think a lot of people can, can relate. And of course, the business model is also attractive as well from a financial standpoint, of course. Yeah, right? Yes. But what led me into this, basically, it's just a... Funny story about I have another older brother and an older sister. My older brother has Down syndrome and my parents basically did an amazing job with him because it's all about inclusion. When you include these people into your family first, then on social life and then also on the professional life, about working, right? It goes long ways. Uh and Pepe, my brother, has I mean, we have time another time. I'm happy to introduce to, to him. He's just the most amazing person there is yes i would love it and we when he grew through these steps my parents wanted to build a restaurant for him because he was trained to be a baker and he does these muffins and croissants and things like that right so they, we opened up a healthy food and bakery restaurant because my mom also had was very healthy and it's all natural and things like that and this restaurant was great but we started with an offering of cold press juices and went amazingly well and then from there we said like okay this can be an interesting business how do we extend shelf life okay there's hpp okay short story why don't we build a manufacturing plant and start doing that here in mexico right and that's how we kind of got into this this side we're also doing development so i'm not only focused on Coco Mio, which is another probably question that you were not gonna ask. How can I divide my time into different since all, all of entrepreneurs? I was are going to ask good. you that
1: next. Is going to be how many things can you possibly do at the same time?
0: Oh, I do believe like, you know, you're as limited as you think you are. <laughs> and I'm I
1: that that's your answer.
0: <laughs> and you know what? It's interesting because, for example, I, I had this taught by my dad, okay? And once I was finish, finishing college okay I had it was my last semester I had already designed and I was building my first project here in Mexico City which is a, sh- a small shopping mall seven tenants and these tenants some of them were restaurants right and they loved the design of the shopping mall that they told me like hey can you design our interiors all the restaurants And I turned to my dad and I said, I don't know if I can do this. You know, it's like I'm finishing college. You know how architecture is. You don't sleep, right? I'm working, you know, to build this project. And then we have to add two more projects and design and this like that. And he said, he told me, never say no to an opportunity. You will figure it out. I know you will figure out how to do it. So I went back. And I was thinking like, what my father is trying to tell me, right? And I thought, and I said, I had another friend that just finished college. And I called him and I told him, hey, I have this project of these two interior design of the restaurants. You want to work at it with me, I'll partner up with you. But bear in mind, I can treat the clients, I can go ahead, I can give you ideas. This is what I can do. This is my what I can support based on my time. Can you do the rest? And he said, yeah. So, it was done, you know, it's it's like if you close the doors immediately and you say, no, there's no way I can do it. That's it. But if you open yourself up and figure out different ways that you can do it, you don't have to eat the full cake. You, maybe it's there for a reason that it's giving you to help another friend and maybe yeah. you'll get a part of it. Right. Yeah. So. That's what I learned from my dad. So that's how I do that, and I have a lot of teams around me with uh, great people there. I, of course, I wouldn't be able to do all these things that I tell you about with, with if I don't have yeah. people there. But the people it's very important that they are passionate, the same as you, that they are on the same vision, on the same. That they share that with you because that's the most important people you can share this with. So it's about sharing. It's not about being the only one and carry everything over your shoulders. No, that's because of the ego because you want to take the full pie. But if you grab the pie, tear it into pieces, you'll be happy, you share, and you'll be very successful because you have another people also having that piece of the cake and and helping you build a bigger cake, right? So that's how I approach it.
1: It's amazing. You know, I always ask people at the end of a podcast to give like a couple of pieces of advice, things they've learned that would be helpful to entrepreneurs. I've already written down four that you've given, which are amazing. So I'm going to say them and then you can tell me if you have any more. There are a million solutions to every problem. You're only as limited as you think you are. Never say no to an opportunity. And then the one you just talked about with sharing, there's so many good tidbits of information here, but tell me, are there more?
0: Yeah, of course there are more, you know, there are tons. It just comes. I always think about this as well because this is another tip that I would say to a lot of entrepreneurs. Because entrepreneurs are creative people; they want to create. They're basically creators. They want to create something new, something different. Okay, so sometimes you have to think about of the ego that gets involved there. And by ego, I said like, okay, this occurred to me. To me, what's the science behind the idea? An idea. What's the science behind it, right? It's yeah. you're smart, you are this, you're, I mean, what's, what's behind it, right? I do believe what's behind it, it's if you open yourself up and you receive this information from energy, from whatever you believe in, you know, everybody has their own belief and that's fine, but it's energy and you get this energy. So sometimes you get frustrated. I was frustrated that I couldn't express this and I couldn't do all these things. But then I said, I have a responsibility to do it. And when you start acting on it, it's amazing how the energy starts just placing everything so you can actually just put the pieces together, right? That's another thing. I always say that the ideas that I have are not mine. It goes just only through me. And I have this this responsibility to kind of go ahead to do it. And the other thing that I do believe it's also really important, it's being grateful question and, and being grateful and question everything and treat people with respect and share love. Love fi- fix everything. Love fixes everything. And I just found out that one of the most important assets that you can have is your network. And when you are a loving person, you get a lot, a lot of love back and your network starts to build and to build and to build. And you can see how you can actually share that, share that, and even sharing. As a final note, I'll tell you another thing, that it's another business line that I'm doing right now, which is we basically we're going to 3D print homes with yeah. earth materials and, of course, coconut fiber in, mix. in that wow. mix. I also built a team of college friends which has the passion, who has the vision, who has everything. I'm just grateful to find those persons, but how did I find them? How did I find it? I decided to act on this information, mm-hmm. and I was at a wedding. And by my side, there was a college friend that Mas- had a master's of developed a master's of sustainable architecture. And on my left side, I had another friend that he had a master's of technology into these printing machines and things like that. So, and I was put in the middle. Things like that, just for me they're amazing. And I say, okay, you're here, you're here, I'm here. Let's partner up. What do you feel about this idea? And they said, it's amazing. Why don't we start doing? It? And just things start rolling and rolling and things just start putting the pieces together. So yeah, that's, that's another interesting project that we're trying Incredible. to do. Yeah. I have
1: one more, que- I'm going to ask you one more question. I want you to be honest. Do you ever feel like, oh God, I cannot do this today. Does that ever happen to you? Or are you literally? find the the things you're talking about, like, do you ever get down? I know a lot of entrepreneurs do. I know a lot of people feel like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do one more thing today. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Does that ever happen?
0: It does. It does happen, but it's how you master it, the solution, right? Mm -hmm. So of course, I can tell you that when I started my entrepreneurship world, since I was young, I started being an entrepreneur. I lowered that. I really lowered that exhaustion because I started to deciding things that make me feel good not things that I don't I don't want to do if I don't want to do that why am I doing it what what what, what's the meaning of it right so I started to change that and also it's about exhaustion it's true on energy of course I get I I just drop on my bed at the end of the day and just fall asleep because I also have four kids and a wife but exhaustion there but mental exhaustion and mental exhaustion, the secret to keep that is to train. So your, your brain is a muscle and you, you, you have to train as you train as a muscle, right? So it's your internal dialogue that counts. Yeah. Yeah. And you just have to make a custom every day that you wake up, you go and see yourself in the mirror and you smile Yeah. and you say you rock. And you say you, you 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 just talk to yourself beautifully, you know <laughs> you share the love to yourself and you start seeing how things change because yeah. I am a firm believer that your life it's a mirror of your internal dialogue that's what I believe in, so if you're thinking things are horrible, your life is going to be horrible, yeah, if you start changing your mindset and yep. you work on your on yourself, which is important, that's what comes and i end with this phrase because I just love it, which it says, if you spend your time chasing butterflies, they will fly away. But if you spend your time making a beautiful garden,
1: Mm -hmm. the butterflies
0: will come to you. So when you focus on improving yourself, everything you want will come to you. We attract based on who we are, not what we want. So don't chase, attract. Amazing. So I just love that. And When I'm happy, things are happy. And you can see it in my sense and how I talk. And I think it's a great focus to treat businesses like that. Because as you mentioned, yes, entrepreneurs, it's hard. There's a lot of challenges. There's a lot of things going on. And it's not about being not being empathic. There is. But it's how you see things that matters. And I learned also with this story, which Elliot told me. He told me that story. And it's a great tip also for entrepreneurs, there was this company that developed the first video call. And there were some brothers, there were brothers and they went to make the first one with a lot of investors lined up on a big meeting room. And they have this huge computer with this small screen and they all these investors looking at it. So they started dialing up and then suddenly it turns on the TV and you can see The person there from the other side of the world talking to you, right? So everybody was like, wow. And not a minute passed by and the computer starts burning, burning, huge flame, burning, disastrous. So these guys go to the extinguisher, extinguish everything. Of course, all the investors went away. So one of the brothers says, why this happened to us? This is horrible. This is we're not going to get investment anymore. See all of these investors that were lined up. And this had to happen to us on this on this day. And the other brother says, what are you talking about? We just made the first video call ever. And that's so exciting. Right. So that tells you something. Right. It's a matter of how you see things. It's just that challenges there are problems there are world, It's just a matter of how you see things through your eyes that matters.
1: I was just saying, it's all about your perspective. And I want to say thank you because I think I needed this conversation more than anybody right now. So thank you because you've gotten me, I wrote down everything you said. I'm so excited. And I'm going to take all of your advice for myself as well as all of the people who are listening. So thank you. Thank you for listening to The Irresistible Factor. I'm Christy Bridges, and I can't wait to see you next Wednesday.